I'm Dylan Curtis. And I'm Amy Selby. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. We are here in the my office again. It's not a studio. I wish it's, we had a studio. That'd be fun. It's got a better feel than a studio, I think. Yeah. Got a great office. Yeah. I try yeah. to make it relaxing, you know, calm, calm. refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am excited because today we have with us once again, Pastor Amy. Yes. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. We're excited to have yeah, you. Amy, I suckered Amy into doing a two-part episode with me. Just as I suckered my wife into doing an hour-long marriage special last week. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. If you haven't listened to that, you need to go listen to it. It was well, good. Well, thank you. It was fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I think we're going to enjoy today. We're going to cover just a super easy super topic, right? Super easy. Yeah, we're going light today. Yeah, super light. Yeah, we're going to be covering sure. <laughs> biblical justice. So we will be talking a lot about justice, uh, which I think will be a good challenge for all of us, myself included. Yep, me too. Yeah, I was going through it and I was like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> I definitely need to, I'm convicted there. So absolutely. It it's will be good. One. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It's an important topic for sure. Yes. yes. So we will start. Part one's going to be, uh, we'll talk about social justice and more of the, I guess, secular approaches, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that social justice is only secular. Um, and then we'll talk about biblical justice. So we know going into this that social justice is is as loaded of a word as a 12-gauge oh, shotgun. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, so we'll try and work through it and, and, you know, we'll ruffle maybe some feathers. That's always a good goal I have, but we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. A good, a good ruffle. Yes. A good ruffle. Like a chip, right? (laughs) (laughs) Bad joke. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, is there anything you want the people to know about you that they have since forgotten? (laughs) Since forgotten? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, topically, um, I mentioned to Dylan that this would be a fun, fun, right? (laughs) Fun. Fun yeah. one to cover. But this is a lot of where my heart is. And like you said, I have so much growing to do in it. Served in the inner city, served in Mexico for a while, and just saw a lot of marginalized, oppressed yeah. people. And so it's uh, it's a huge undertaking. And sometimes it feels a little overwhelming. But I think we do see God's heart in it. So I'm excited to be able to have some conversation about it today. Yeah, excited. Yeah. Excited to talk about it and your experience. You have a lot of experience that mm-hmm. I think most of us... Uh, white folks <laughs> who've lived in suburbia probably don't have, including myself. So I'm excited to hear some of your stories. I know there's some intense ones. and Absolutely. I think, yeah, they really open up, uh, I think, the heart behind justice and God's heart for it. So I'm yes. excited for that. Um, but first, yeah, we'll get through some definitions. The fun stuff, the right? The fun stuff. Absolutely. It's important. Important place to start. All right. Well, we will take a quick break and then we'll get started. We're back. We're going to jump into this, but before we do, we'll just cover really quick. So we are going to talk about social justice and then biblical justice. So they are a little different, um, although there is some overlap, and we'll see that uh, as Amy kind of gives us the basics of social justice. 
Um, but yeah, there is a difference to them. And I think the most important difference is just that social justice often is based just on human reasonings or humans Mm -hmm. subjective views of what is right and wrong. And biblical justice is based on God's character, uh, on scripture, truth that God has given us. So those are the big key differences, Mm -hmm. um, and would be my biggest critique of social justice, which I'll later get into. Uh, but again, we know this is loaded, but I would also encourage all of us to to see the overlap because reading through the definitions, I think there is overlap between the two mm-hmm. um, that we can talk about and I think reclaim, if mm-hmm. you will, in a very faithful Christian way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's not just out of hand <laughs> push <laughs> social justice off the cliff, um, even though it is very politically and partisan driven at this point. Um, so yeah, Amy's going to yeah. kick us off into what is social justice? <laughs> Such a good question. Such a good question. I think we'll talk more about this later, but I think it is important, like you just said, to uh, recognize social justice and to see how that mixes with the biblical biblical justice because God created us as who we are, right? And people in general, um, there's a push within us, I think, for justice too. So uh, I think there's a lot of overlap between social justice and biblical justice. It'll be fun to talk a little bit more about what those are. Um, We have a definition here from the United Nations, which says social justice may be broadly understood as the fair and compassionate distribution of the fruits of economic growth. So there's this idea of of evening the score, I guess, or making sure everyone's kind of able to be on the same foot. And I think that economic piece is a huge part of it. But especially as we've heard over the last year, it far encompasses just economic justice. There's racial justice. And uh, I think there's a lot of ways that that shows up. So, um, but it's really about evening the field uh, for all people. I think the basis of social justice. So um, uh, the Human Rights Careers website says there's four essential goals. Human rights, access, participation and equity. So I think that those are four guiding principles that are necessary to yeah. for social justice that all of those pieces uh, need to be accessed. And I think a lot of times when we talk about social justice in community and especially over the last cu- yeah. couple of years where yeah. things have really raised up, um, that often we think first and maybe only about human rights but there's more to it than that right like uh, and I think those of us who are white and live in the suburbs it's not as clear where some of that shows up to so uh, I love that they include access and participation as one of the principles that they include there because I think uh, it's easy to ignore those or to even just not even be aware of them yeah. or recognize them. So yeah. I love that they include that as part of their social justice. So probably looking back over the decades, human rights was probably kind of the official first term for social justice. Do you yeah. think? Yeah, I would say that's fair. I would say that's a fair understanding of it. Yeah. Kind of the same type of movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with civil rights, um, you know, the feminist movement. Exactly. Uh, we've now seen nowadays the LBGTQ movement. A right. lot of it centers around humans and what rights they do or don't have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that's that's probably fair. Yeah. 
And then it's kind of morphed into a different term of social justice. And like Dylan said, to start with, that's kind of a loaded term these days too. But I don't think it means that we can set it aside either. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to poll people and just say, all right, without looking up any resources, Mm-hmm. Give me a definition of social justice. Yeah, that I would think be fascinating. You would get a very wide range of definitions. <laughs> I think there would be. And yeah. I think even an emotional reaction to that, yeah. right? Depending on what you've experienced and uh, what you've seen on social media and the yeah. news, especially in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. just all of those things. Like there's an emotional tie to that term yeah. too, I think. Well, and even the UN statement, right? That it's it's about economic growth. I don't know that everyone would categorize Agree. economic growth as a social justice thing, even though poverty is included in that. I don't know that that would be the primary. They kind of put it almost in this, like that is the primary goal is economic equality or equity. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I know people who probably that's not a main emphasis for them. Yes, I thought it was interesting that that really is where they landed for their definition because it is so much more than that. Yeah. Um, And I think you're right. Probably most people that wouldn't, other than poverty, wouldn't be their first choice for defining it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. What key terms come to mind for you when you're talking about social justice? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of these would come to my mind. Um, The one I hear a lot in social justice conversations is equity. Um, And that's different than equality. So equity is essentially if a group, let's say, uh, I don't know how to put this. No, I do actually. I I read an example. Okay. There was a light bulb that just appeared over. So say there's there's a wall some sort of wall and the tallest person can see over the wall and the goal is for everyone to see over the wall. So there's the tall person, there's the medium person and there's the, the smaller, shorter person. He's looking at there's me, not Amy. wanting to say, there's the Amy's <laughs> not and, wanting to call that out. <laughs> and my wife's of my wife of the world, the yes. five, two ladies. Um, oh, so thanks. that's generous. Equity would be that not only do you do what you can, so everyone can look over the wall, but that the medium person contributes something to the smallest person and the large person contributes the most because they're the most privileged. They can already see over the wall. Mm -hmm. So equity is thus um, not just giving everyone an equal playing field, but people giving up certain resources or positions or privileges to bring everyone up to that level. So that's different if it makes Mm -hmm. sense. It's not that everyone has equality to, you know, pursue a certain thing, but that you're even giving disenfranchised groups an extra hand in order to achieve what would be possible for someone who's inherently privileged. Mm-hmm. So that that one I've heard a lot. Yeah, it's um, a great that's visual, a hot I think. Topic. That, that is, is a hot topic. It's a very, very, very hot topic. <laughs> and can get political pretty quickly. Yeah, and yeah. it has been since, especially in our country, since civil rights, right? Separate but equal. Oh, yeah. But there wasn't equity in that would be the critique that the civil rights movement had is, sure, we all... Sure, we all have the same access, quote unquote, but it's not an e- it's not really equal. It's not equitable. Yeah, we're not given the same chance essentially because the quality is so much lower, mm-hmm. even if it's quote unquote equal. It wasn't in that yeah. sense. So that's yeah. where equ- that's what equity is, and that's that's one that comes to mind right now, especially. Mm-hmm. And that important differentiation between equality and equity. Yeah, and they sound so much the same too. It makes it a little confusing, but there's a difference. Yeah, and maybe because I'm obviously skewed towards the biblical justice side, right. I think of um, dignity, 
Like yes. I think of respect and dignity and value. And I, I was talking to one of my close friends who's black and we were talking mm-hmm. about these issues, especially like, you know, p- with all the police stuff, things like that. Black Lives Matter, you know, super mm-hmm. contentious around the U.S. But he he and I were talking and we were and there was a lot of conversation around the economics part. Sure. And I said, I think part of the issue is it's not just economic. It's value or dignity shown to these groups. That's where people are feeling upset. And he was like, absolutely. No one talks about that. But I think that's a huge issue. It is. Um, so for me, that's another piece. When I think of social justice, I think mm-hmm. of dignity, respect, value, um, those sort of things. Absolutely. And even more so probably with biblical justice. Yes. I think biblical justice brings that to a whole nother plane. Yeah. Well, and you and I were talking just on Sunday too. We'll get to it, but Psalm 146 is where he was preaching from. And there's yeah. a big portion in there on justice. And we were saying eye contact mm-hmm. goes so far, Oh yeah, right? Looking someone in the eye, mm-hmm. listening to them, like yeah. those are some super simple things, but it goes so far. Yeah. And that dignity, dignity is really foundational, I yeah. think, to social justice or biblical justice. Yeah. John and Both. Peter at the gate called beautiful, um, acts two, I think mm-hmm. that one always sticks with me. Cause yeah, they, the lame man who's placed there, people just walk by, right? They, they he, don't even see him. He has his head down. He has, you know, he begs and I'm sure people gave him money because that was in the Jewish culture. It was, that was charitable. Right. That's what you should do. So it was a, it was a strategic place for him to be. Yes. Um, but what John and Peter do is they don't offer him gold or silver, right? Gold or silver, we have not. Um, but they share the gospel. But the, the thing that really sticks out to me with that is that they tell him to look them in the eyes. Yes. A sign of respect in that culture as well as ours. Mm-hmm. And they touch him, which would have been like probably contentious at the time too. Hugely. Yeah. Not okay. So like reintegrating people, marginalized people into society just through basic acts of dignity, I think is really powerful mm-hmm. and something we can all offer because mm-hmm. it doesn't require resources. <laughs> it, uh, it requires time and attention and encouragement. Courage. I think it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, it does. I, I struggle with that with homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will admit that. Mm-hmm. But I think that story is a great example of a uh, being justice oriented in a very simple way. And I went to school when I was going to my undergrad. I had a classmate in a, I can't even remember the class, but his project was essentially the reintegration of homeless people into society through social interaction. Wow. So just basic conversations because a lot of them, um, end up losing social skills because they're not in like your normal sure. society. Yeah. So the social skills they have are built around the homeless community they're in. Right. Um, which is going to disadvantage you a lot of times because mm-hmm. the education level is not as high. Typically, a lot of people who are homeless came from broken homes, places where there was drug abuse. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah, it is in a healthy situation. And they struggle. A lot of homeless mm-hmm. people struggle with mental health. Um, and another mental health issue, although people don't categorize it that way, but addiction, yes. which is a mental health issue. So just socially reengaging them with mm-hmm. like your average person can go a long way. Absolutely. And I think we have to become more aware of our judgments and even cultural judgments, I think, in that. Uh, and homelessness has been 
a hot topic of conversation within that too. But I think of Jesus and the Samaritan woman talk about a cultural clash. Oh my goodness. He should not, not only was she a woman, but a Samaritan. And so there should not have been a conversation happening there at all. But I think he shows her dignity by uh, speaking to her and listening to her. And of course he knows her story and he calls her out too. But um, I think there's a lot of dignity in that story too. We see that a lot with Jesus. Yeah. I think justice a lot of times too can, can offend social norms and societal norms. I think it often does. It often does. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Yeah. I mean, which where you're talking about courage. Yeah. It does take courage. I think to treat people with dignity, especially Mm -hmm. when you're going across cultural values and expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do, are these uh, four that we've mentioned? Do these also, are these your that you yours that you think about the four you think about when you think of social justice? It is a lot. I think uh, equity is the other thing that really comes to mind in there. But I think these are the these are the main ones. And I think just to again from my own personal experience and and the oh, my growth that I continue to experience is awareness yeah. of those things. And uh, I think having relationships with folks and being able to have conversations because my perspective is very different from people who are experiencing those things. And I make assumptions and judgments that probably most of the time aren't correct (laughs) 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 from my own perspective. Uh, So, yeah. So I think it's a learning experience, but I think those are foundational to it. Yeah. 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 Why do you think people are so hesitant? Like, why is there such a resistance towards social justice anymore is it because it's so partisan and political and i think that's a big part of it yeah it's been so heated lately and political in that i think again i think we all have our own judgments and when we are able to admit it it's nice to be on the privileged side well yeah right like i like the privileges that i experience makes my life comfortable and easier and it's kind yeah. of hard to give that up too. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, yeah. that's a big calling out yeah. to yeah be willing to do that or even to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I w- I wonder how many people would say, well, I'm not privileged, but I was fortunate. And it's like, those are kind of t- the same thing. Right? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or church word blessed. Yeah. Blessed. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Blessed. Uh-huh. Baruch in the Hebrew. I have been, re- I was reminded yesterday <laughs> as I <laughs> no, failed I in my s- Hebrew class. <laughs> Baruch. He didn't fail. It was a, just a rough start. Oh, I no, I bombed hard. <laughs> Thank you, though. You're too kind. <laughs> yes, but I think it takes courage, like you're yeah. talking about, right? Like that's, I think that makes me hesitate, yeah, for sure. And it feels overwhelming to me. Like, what do I have to give? How yeah. can I? Yeah. How can I make a difference? That's yeah. These are big. These are big. They are. They're mm-hmm. huge issues. And, yes. and you take Jesus's words, right? Like the poor will always be with you. And it's like, how am I supposed to understand that? Like, exactly. What do you do with that? You're supposed to fight poverty. It is an injustice. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, wh- what do you mean? <laughs> right. So <laughs> that doesn't sound easy. But I also think of, like you said, like blessed is the, the, the church word for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, how often then did God say, especially in the Old Testament to the Israelites, like, I am blessing you, so you will bless. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah, about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about that? Ooh, how about that? Uh, well, and I think sometimes, too, I mean, Jesus calls for us to sacrifice all, right? Like, to right, be willing right. to give up everything. Yeah. But I don't think 
often he calls us to that full extreme either. So a lot of times when we're talking about social justice or biblical justice, it's a shift, but -hmm. it doesn't mean that we're going to be living on the streets and we've given everything up either. Right. right? Like I think sometimes that too is a little like, whoo, yeah, that's a hard call. But I don't think that's often is not the way that God calls us to participate in social or biblical justice. So, yeah, some of us, but not not all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure, there are people. Yes. Well, that's good. Well, let's move into some biblical yes. justice then. Hopefully, we adequately covered social justice. <laughs> if we didn't, sorry. Let us know. I guess you know. Yeah. <laughs> let us know. Email us at the I'm Wondering Podcast at gmail dot com. Email Dylan. Yeah. Email. Email me. <laughs> so yeah, we'll let's get into some biblical justice. So of course, there is a lot behind social justice. A lot that we talked about. Uh, and I do think a lot of it is reasonable and even Christian on some level. Absolutely. Uh, I think the approaches are very much in that camp. Um, but where I would draw the line is kind of the foundation of social justice, um, and particularly secular systems that try to achieve social justice. Yes. Um, because I don't think it's based on any kind of objective truth. Um, so it's kind of based on what we think at a given time about how we should deal with an issue. Um, and that can change over time, yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily wrong in itself. But I think without kind of an objective standard, we're kind of we're kind of always shifting. So you might get somewhere and say, "Okay, we made it. That's the finish line." And then someone's like, "No, that's not enough. We need mm-hmm. to do more." So you're constantly dealing with the goalposts kind of being shifted. Yeah, there's a lot of subjectivity. There's to a it. ton of subjectivity and there's a lot of emotion to it, right? It's yes. like if I was to say to someone like what's right and wrong, they'll probably speak from their feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels right to do this and it's not wrong to have feelings, all right? I know right. I'm the guy who gets <laughs> pegged is like not feeling here, but <laughs> basing that only off of our feelings as humans, I think is it can be a dangerous game. So, I'm thinking like all right, so you accomplish some sort of social justice goal. Someone says not enough. Then what happens? Uh, what do you do when people maybe don't agree with your sense mm-hmm. of justice? Um, if it's subjective, you can't really overrule someone. Yeah. Right? Like, so there's an issue for me. Um, you know, people don't share our same feelings. That mm-hmm. becomes a struggle in itself. Uh, also, what is equality? If you don't have an objective standard... Yep. What is equality? What is equity? What do those look like if it's just based on how society feels at a given time? Um, you know, what is fairness? Uh, world's not fair. I hate that, but that's <laughs> no. just the way it oh, is. It's true. But I always say with that, like, grace is the most unfair thing in the world. So Exactly. I mean. We experience that. There's, yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. Good sight for that, for <laughs> sure. Oh, my gosh. So, like, say we take this to the extreme. So we we achieve equity, and, and by result, we achieve equality. Everyone's on the same playing field. Everyone has the same rights, access, participation, mm-hmm. equity. That's all accomplished. Uh, regardless of race or culture, gender, uh, you know, language, economic status, whatever, all those yeah, things. any of those things. So when another justice issue arises, when we've all reached this equal plane, um, what happens when there's competing views? And you have to pick one view over the other. Yeah, then who chooses? Right, because if everyone's equal at this point and it's all subjective mm-hmm. you're you're going to basically create another sense of injustice or inequality 
by choosing one group over the other. Yeah, whoever has the loudest voice, yeah. whatever that looks like. And this is where mm-hmm. I think it kind of breaks down when the standard is based on just humans mm-hmm. and what we think is right or wrong. Um, so I don't think it ever can really truly reach equity or equality or any of these things because um, it's not an objective truth it's based on. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think biblical justice is a better form of doing justice um, than just social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and another piece to that I think is super, super important that anyone who's an atheist, agnostic, whatever, is going to r- roll their eyes if they ever hear this. But sin is the greatest injustice mm-hmm. in all creation. Yes. And in most, well, in all secular social justice schemes, that's not dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually pegged on on uh, entities of some sort or even groups of individuals, uh, hashtag the elites, right? Like, right. But if sin at the core isn't dealt with, not, it doesn't matter what you do. It's still going to fall apart because mm-hmm. sin is, sin is the ultimate injustice and is what fuels all the other injustices that we see. Yes. And we can't do anything about that on our own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where I think, again, biblical justice is the best solution because it addresses that it mm-hmm. addresses sin um, which is the root cause. So that's why I think biblical justice is the the path we should take, people. <laughs> it's a good one. And this is a Christian a podcast, one. so we'll, right? we'll so we surprise, can say surprise, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I may be jumping ahead here. You probably are. Too, probably. It's okay. Um, but you and I talked a little bit about this, too. Like, there are a lot of organizations uh, that are committed to social justice outside of faith. Yeah. Not faith community, but... Christy, Christianity, like there's yes. a lot of nonprofits who aren't faith-based uh, who who fight for social justice. And yet I think the greatest thing we have to offer, because sin is the root, right? Yeah. Then the good news side of that is that we've been freed from that yeah. and that there is a solution to that. And so I think the gospel side of social justice is what we have to offer. Yeah. And that's key. Like that's the whole point is mm-hmm. being able to, uh, to live that out and to share yeah. that good news that yeah. comes in there too. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would kind of, this is just a, uh, just an illustration that comes off the top of my head. Oh, right? Watch out people. So I would say a lot of churches that engage in social justice, but don't really preach the gospel. And that is common. It is. It's like coming across a blind man and saying, okay, what do we need to do? We're going to give him a stick. So he knows where he's at. We're going to give him sounds that help him mm-hmm. acknowledge his surroundings. We're going to do all these things, mm-hmm. but you don't address the blindness of him, mm-hmm. which is to me the sin. So you have to deal with that. <laughs> And if you don't, sure, sure, you've helped them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Their situation Absolutely. would even be better. Yes. But you're not dealing with the root, which is the blindness. And so that in itself leaves the person not actually, I think, experiencing true freedom. Yes. So yeah. you have to deal with all of it. And mm-hmm. we can't engage justice as believers without the gospel. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> sure, we yes, can. Well, we then can. I would say it's not justice. <laughs> it's not fully justice. There we go. To yeah. the, Right now we're getting to the full definition. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but for us who are Christians and followers of Jesus, that's a huge part of it. And anyone, we've talked about this, anyone can help meet those physical needs, but uh, the church is the only one Mm -hmm. who offers that kind of freedom. And not that I don't want to dismiss the physical sides of that either. We see Jesus taking care of people. It isn't that we shouldn't be fighting for those things Mm -hmm. too, but it's wrapped in this and rooted in the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Find Let me, me read this quote from yeah. John Perkins. It's time for the church, yes, the whole church, to take the whole gospel on a whole mission to the whole world. It's time for us to prove that the purpose of the gospel is to reconcile alienated people to God and to each other across racial, racial, cultural, social, and economic barriers. So I think there's a lot of justice rooted in that, yeah. that that really is the gospel, mm-hmm. that that biblical justice is based in the gospel and yeah. we're, we're called to encompass all of that with biblical justice. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Cause all of those things again are the result of again. sin. Yes. Right. Yep. We're so in a broken world. We are in a broken world, but all hope is not lost. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of quotes, cause that was a great quote. Yes. I have another good quote from our boy, Timothy oh, Keller. Oh yes. A good reformed man. He <laughs> is. Oh my goodness. I love to read his stuff. Yeah. He's got, wise. he's, he's got, got a lot of wisdom. Yeah. He's got great books. Yeah. And uh, he's clear. I think yes. he's simple, but deep. Yes, he is. Yeah. 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 I only have one critique, Tim, if you ever hear this. (laughs) We're going to send it to Tim. I think the reason for God is kind of a ripoff of mere Christianity. Oh. It's just in modern writing. It's a great book. Listen to that. It is a great book. If if most most people who came to me and asked, I would probably give them the reason for God because I think it's, like you're saying. It's well done. It's it's well done. He's a great writer. It's very clear. It's Mm -hmm. not... Mere Christianity is kind of complicated. It's at times. a tough one to follow, um, I think. But I think yeah. he kind of ripped Mere Christianity a lot. So <laughs> sorry, Tim. You're well. great, but just calling it what it is. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> yeah, like I can talk. I mean, come on. When your first book comes out. Then yeah, right. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're waiting on when that. When I sell the 10 copies. Yes. So yeah, he has a great quote, though. Uh, and it goes like this. Biblical justice is not, first of all, a set of bullet points or a set of rules and guidelines. It is rooted in the very character of God, and it is the outworking of that character, which is never less than just. Yes. Which I love. Yes. So that's the standard. That's so good. Biblical justice standard is the very character of God. Um, mm-hmm. So we can, and we see that throughout the Bible. Um, and it's really fascinating when you begin to look at God's character and the way that he does justice, mm-hmm. uh, which he does a lot of it. He does. Um, his justice is actually both um, retributive and mm-hmm. reparative mm-hmm. Um, or restorative for more modern folks. Right? Yes, yes. So he does both of those. And I think it's funny because if you look at our society, there's a big war and fight over which justice is better, right? Do we punish wrongdoers mm-hmm. or do we reform them? Do you know there's just a big battle over how we handle matters of justice? Yes. But throughout scripture, God does both. <laughs> that is. So yeah. You're like, okay. Okay. So there is like there's a place for both. Mm-hmm. And and we have to find that line. And mm-hmm. it's a it takes a lot of discernment. It takes a lot of figuring out. But it's a lot of gray area. It isn't one that, or I the think. other. Right. And it's been painted very much that way, especially mm-hmm. with like criminal justice matters. Yes. Um but yeah. We set it up as either or. Yeah, it has to be either or. You're either yeah. punishing them or you're going to try and restore them. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, then okay. <laughs> so yeah, that said, God's reparative or restorative justice is more prominent in the Bible. So I'll, g- I'll give you that. So that is the case. Um, and we'll just go through a few good verses that point this out. Uh, so in the retributive side, the Ooh. punishment side, the side all of us don't want to talk about. <laughs> It's there. I hate to break it to you. It's there. I know. Look at Dylan calling it out. I know. So Acts 17, 31. uh, So this is in reference to God, of course, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice 
by the man he has appointed, the man being Jesus. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on just that verse. Yeah, you could, on judgment, the uh-huh. day of judgment. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. We got to get to the rapture first. <laughs> or have, our, have we already gone to the rapture, Amy? <laughs> oh, no. Are oh, we no. left behind? I think we are. Nicholas Cage, where are you? <laughs> just kidding. That'd be terrifying. I don't want to be left behind with Nicholas <laughs> <Okay>. Cage. <sighs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Yeah. But yeah, here we see God, of course, uh, executing judgment, and I don't think it's all going to be cheery. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Universalists. 12, uh, <laughs> Romans twelve nineteen. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Uh, so this one really stuck out to me uh, as I was putting some of this together. Uh, but it, Because it seems like some forms of secular justice want groups to suffer. Mm-hmm. Especially groups that they deem as being the perpetrators. Absolutely. Or the ones, yeah. you know, who were causing injustice. But here we're hearing from Paul uh, and reminded of God's word back in the Old Testament that we are actually supposed to leave room. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can't seek that. We have to let God's own retributive justice take place, which more than likely probably won't happen in this life. That's a tough one. That's a really tough request. Mm -hmm. It is. It's really hard. So, I mean, if you're a Christian, you pretty much... shouldn't participate in revenge essentially um mm-hmm. we're supposed to let god sort it out and trusting mm-hmm. god for that again is not easy not <laughs> easy nope that's a tough one because we fall into holy anger right we get really <laughs> mad god doesn't yeah god doesn't like that but what is our mm-hmm. part and we'll get into this in next week in part two but like, yeah. what is what is our responsibility in fighting injustice mm-hmm. and one thing is very clear it's not to get revenge yeah, revenge is different than justice. Yeah, and yeah. I think you can provide justice without um, making another group like really, really suffer over what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think retribution or, or some sort of punishment could be helpful, is helpful, depending on the case. We shouldn't be out to like make them suffer even more. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the eye for the eye sort of situation that yeah. Jesus is like, no, no, we don't do that anymore. You're like, but we want to, (laughs) we want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that idea of grace comes in again, I think too, which, yeah, yeah, it's complicated. And our, we kind of, that anger that builds up in us wants to act out and take revenge. And that's the thing. Like we should be angry, right? Like there is a holiness to that. There isn't anything wrong with the anger. There's some righteousness in it. Right. So it's, it's just hard to not want to pay back or Mm -hmm. to see someone suffer or what have you. Absolutely. Um, But we're told to let God do that. It's not easy. Ooh, Dylan. (sighs) Bringing the tough stuff again. Yeah. One more on the retributive side. (laughs) Second Thessalonians one, six through seven for after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction. Those who afflict you. And to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels and flaming fire. Flaming fire. That's a cheery picture. Ooh. Yeah, that just made my whole day. Thanks for that, Dylan. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, really. That's a life verse right there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but, but Put notice, that one on your mirror. Notice in this, what's so interesting is that God's justice in this passage is both retributive and restorative, and restorative. at the same time. He yes. will both punish those who have afflicted you and mm-hmm. will also you know, basically care for you. Yes. Um, and to give you relief. So it's interesting that his justice is both in that, in that yeah, passage. Yeah, that's a great illustration of... of both sides of it. 
And there's a lot more, of course, of the retributive, especially Old Testament. Yeah, if you go yeah. Old Testament, yeah, you, you could find a few more there. You really mm-hmm. want to throw it back. <laughs> um, but let's look at just a few restorative before we end this week. Uh, I'll let Amy, you read this. You just preached on oh, this. Oh, I just preached on this. This is one of my favorite Psalms and one of my favorite passages of the Psalm. I said this weekend, this is uh, some of those verses that I love to uh, start, uh, use as a basis for prayer. Yeah. So it starts with the idea of God being creator and maker. So uh, Psalm 146, verses six through nine, he is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Mm. Woo! Amen. That'll preach just on its own, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a life verse. You could underline and highlight that one and put it on your bathroom mirror to see every morning. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then he gets into it here. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Mm. That's so good. Isn't it so good? And it's just a few verses there, but whoo. Yeah, there's a lot. There is so much in there. Oh my goodness. And again, just demonstrates God's character. Because Hugely. he is faithful forever, he does these things. He does. Absolutely. Which is, yeah. It's just so good to like sit in those verses. And mm-hmm. that's a passage. And you you did such an awesome job preaching it. Oh, and thank I you. I was very convicted at moments of like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Oof. It's, um, it's a tough one for sure. But it, it's yeah, just good. I mean, it's, it's, it is good. it's one of those passages that's very convicting and comforting at the same time. Yes. Right? It yep. serves both those functions. There's both. And I think it goes back to what you were talking about with dignity too, right? That the God that we serve is awesome. And I mean, he is all powerful, all knowing, all present, all of those things. And yet even in the midst of that, he sees us. And so you're talking about not making eye contact and all of those things, Mm -hmm. but God does with us, right? Like he reaches Mm -hmm. out to us, he sees us, he understands us, he knows us, he listens to us, like all of those things, even if you're oppressed or hungry or prisoner or blind, any of those things that are listed there, the foreigner, all of those that God, yeah, yeah, treats us all with that Mm. dignity. Good stuff. Oh, we can still preach. Yeah, we can still, (laughs) we we can continue the sermon from this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just sit sit here and (laughs) preach back and forth. We got to get a hoop going. Yes, yes. (laughs) For and what, sure. And, oh, and I love it. Just because I want to twist the knife a little bit here. Uh oh. I would take that passage and say to people that is proof that God doesn't only just help those who help themselves. Um, none oh, of us. Dylan's getting into it. None of us can help ourselves on yes. a certain level. Like we are incapable. And yes. again, sin going going back to sin being the most the gravest injustice. Like right. we couldn't help ourselves from that. God only helps those who can't help themselves, which is all of us. So it is, I mean, across the board, right? Yeah. So just embrace that people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So then can I bring in the Isaiah verse, which then Jesus quotes in Luke four verses 18 through 19. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mm. So who is that for? 
all of us. Yeah, all of us. Uh, you know, and he does look at those who are most vulnerable and in the direst situations. Yeah. Is direst a word? Direst. Most dire. Sure. <laughs> sure, direst. it is now. Yeah, it's a word yeah, now. I just made it a word. Listen, So Webster. we see that again through the life of Jesus as well. And uh, yeah, there's this, yeah, it's just good stuff. Um, it is good stuff. It is for all of us. Like, yeah. we all need that yeah. freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Good Lutheran, uh, some good Lutheran theology there. We could get into the bondage of sin and there you go. what that means, right? We could debate that. Yeah. <laughs> but That's we good. all need them. Just a few more because we, we might we might just get way lost on this. But you're right. We're about to preach. We are. Watch out. All right. Matthew 19, 28. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, I'm ready. Let's, let's start that now. Can we start <laughs> yeah, that now? Now's good. You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So at the end of the day, um, God will bring justice by freeing us from the injustice of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. At the renewal of all things. Yes. Um, of all things. Oh, I mean, that means creation. An that day. means humans. That means everything. Yeah. Um, and all I think that's, that's just so good. It's so good. Mm. Yes. All right, Isaiah 51, 4 through 5. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. Instruction will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. That's fun. (laughs) That is. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait and hope for my arm. Uh, So this, to me, just illustrates how God's justice is soaked in mercy. Yes. Um, a lot of what we've been talking about, that mm-hmm. his justice, it's not just justice that's served, but there's salvation, there's rescuing, there's hope, there's grace, there's all these things that we've yes. talked about that goes Tied along with that. It. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a situation, like it's it's all of us that God is here to rescue, and that's that's awesome. Such good news. So yeah, God's restorative justice, I think, is ultimately about salvation. Um, mm-hmm. So not just making sure people or institutions do the right thing. It's a lot more than that. It's a lot deeper than that. Um, and if God rescues us on that fundamental level, um, rescues us from sin, like those things will begin to fall in, into place, if you will, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that's how we're able to live that out, right? Tim Keller has another quote, which I'll just kind of paraphrase. We'll see if it's right on. (laughs) (laughs) But how with justice, it's really about right relationships, right? Relationship Mm -hmm. with God, which then allows us to live in right relationship with each other and allows us to live out justice. Mm -hmm. God's justice. Yeah. Yeah. Biblical justice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Last. This one I love. Deuteronomy 10, 18. (laughs) Good old Deuteronomy. Yep. Uh, the most quoted uh, book on Jesus's part, I think, was Ooh, Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah, he did quote from there mm-hmm. a lot. Bring it on. says this, He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing, him or her. We'll make it inclusive. Thanks, yeah, Dylan. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, again, showing that God's love, um, his sense of justice is not just for the believer. It's for all people, including the stranger, the sojourner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, that's God. It that's is. his character. That's his character. Absolutely. So yeah, I think we see uh, that biblical justice is different than kind of social justice, especially mm-hmm. secular social justice, um, because it's based on who God is. Yes. Um, which, you know, sermon I did a couple weeks, that's the center of worship is who God is. Who God is. So here we are. Exactly. Uh, so a character, of course, his character that executes both retributive and restorative justice, it mm-hmm. is not either or. 
Um, so I think in knowing this character of who God is, uh, we as humans are better informed on how we participate in justice, um, which is what we will get into next week. Yeah. Um, which I'm excited for. So we'll continue next week with this idea of biblical justice, um, commands that are given to us, instructions that are given to us mm-hmm. um, by God or, or Paul or whoever, um, and then share some personal experiences. Uh, Amy's got more, <laughs> which I'm excited for. It's all um, good. But yeah, that's what we're going to cover next week. That was that was a lot for this week. That was a lot. It was fun wow. Woo. Good stuff. It is good stuff. Good, challenging it. stuff. Lean into mm-hmm. the challenge. Yes. Lean into it. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. Yes. But you know what? Jesus is there. There Holy you go. Holy Spirit's there. There the, you go. The Father's the there. The Father's there. Yeah, you're welcome. Pull that whole trinity yeah, in. Yeah. I remixed the <laughs> order, though, so someone might get mad at me. <laughs> we'll give you another chance. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. take that chance next week. How okay, about that? perfect. But that's it for this week. I'm Dylan. And I'm Amy. And this is the I'm Wondering Podcast.